Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture reading this morning comes from John's Gospel, chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you look for an opportunity to kill me because there is no place for you for my place in you for my word. I declare what I have seen in the Father's presence. As for you, you should do what you have heard from the Father. The background for our story today includes a tense divide in the Jewish community. There are two groups, at least two groups, but we've got a small band of folks who are following Jesus from town to town. They're convinced he is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the one who has come to, to save Israel. Then we've got this much larger group of Jews, especially the Jewish power structure, who found Jesus to be a renegade teacher, a guy who eats with sinners, picks grain on the Sabbath, a real troublemaker. But they couldn't deny his miracles and good works. Well, today, on the occasion of today's story, Jews of every stripe and every belief are gathered in one place because Jerusalem is buzzing. It's a festival frenzy. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. It's one of only three feasts in the year where all faithful Jews are called to come to the temple in Jerusalem to celebrate. A pilgrimage that only happens three times. So you've got everybody mixing and milling, and there's this group that's kind of huddled around the teacher. They're listening in to hear Jesus teach, people of all persuasions in the Jewish community. There are believers that he is the Christ. There are non-believers that he is the Christ. Jesus, in this context, in the festival, speaks a direct word to the believing community in the crowd. This is what he had to say. 
If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, I pulled this text for today because this is Jesus speaking to today's theme, what does discipleship look like? And not long ago, some of you will remember, I preached from the first chapter of John's gospel, this same gospel, and it was there that we were introduced to John's use of the word, word. By the way, spell check doesn't like it, grammar check doesn't like it when you say word, word, but it happens. Word in Greek is logos, and in the Greek philosophy, logos is that which existed before, the preexistent mind, the divine reason, the source of life. It's a big, big word that reaches into the divine. And John's gospel begins by telling us that that logos became flesh and dwelt among us, that Jesus has embodied the mind of God, the source of life, the preexistent mystery. And so here, in the buzz of this temple crowd, this festival hoopla, Jesus says to the believers, if you continue in my logos, you are truly my disciples. The earliest Jesus followers were urged by Jesus himself to be challenged to a lifelong pursuit, a continued quest for a fuller understanding of the great mystery, a more complete picture of the divine. And so we study and pray and learn and follow because we're trying to move more into this truth that is embodied in Jesus that, oh, by the way, he said, will set you free. They responded to him out of a short-term memory. We're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will set, this will set us free? Well, the reason I say it was a short-term memory is you remember that Egyptian captivity thing? I don't know how they forgot it. But anyway, Jesus says to them in response that his concept of slavery is bigger. Slavery doesn't always involve literal chains. Jesus says everybody who commits sin is a slave to sin. In other words, we're all slaves to something. Whether we're conscious of it or not, You and I are already serving the object and destination of our dreams. The novelist David Foster Wallace, who who wrote Infinite Jest, The Pale King, other American novels, he was asked to deliver the commencement address at Kenyon College. It's a small liberal arts college in in Ohio. author has no theological agenda at all in it, but I want to read a little portion of his commencement address to these uh, now graduating college students. 
In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there's no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And pretty much everything you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel like you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power, you will feel weak and afraid, and you will need even more power over others to keep the fear at bay. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, and you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. This is how Jesus said it. Everyone who commits sin is slave to sin. Theologian James K.A. Smith writes, to be human is to be animated and oriented by some vision of the good life, some picture of what we count as flourishing, and we want that. We crave it. We desire it. So we are all slaves to whatever it is our craving orients. There's a scene earlier in John's Gospel, back in chapter 1, where, John, uh, where Jesus turns back to three men who he hears talking, and, and these three men later end up becoming disciples. But he asked them this essential question. What do you want? That's the heart of the discipleship question, right? What do you want? What is the vision that has captured your imagination that you crave? Because whatever it is, is your master and you are its slave. Or as philosopher Blaise Pascal puts it in his famous wager, he says, you have to wager. It's not up to you. You are already committed. In other words, you can't not bet your life on something. Grammar check doesn't like double negatives either, by the way. But you can't not Bet your life on something. You are headed in some direction with craving and desire. The question is, what is the object of your desire? A couple of weeks ago, I flying home from a trip to San Antonio and watched a movie on one of those little two-inch screens in front of the, right, y'all... I watched George Clooney in the movie Up in the Air. Uh, I don't know how many of you have seen it, but Clooney's character in this movie is this aggressive business traveler, and it's all about 
the, the travel and the moving. I mean, he's never married. He's got one sister. He has virtually no relationship with her. He's got a bare, almost barren apartment that he sleeps in a few nights a, a year because he's mostly in the air and in hotel rooms, and he's collecting frequent flyer miles, and he's collecting hotel points. Every, this is the ultimate prize. The ultimate prize in his life, though, his goal, his pursuit, his craving is to earn 10 million flyer miles on American Airlines. If he gets there, he'll be one of only seven people who've ever done it. And then there will be, oh gosh, there'll be perks galore, achievement, glory. Well, he makes it. He makes it. And he's the youngest air traveler in history to make that mark. There's this big in-flight announcement. Sam Elliott plays, uh, plays the chief pilot for American, and he's on board just for this occasion. And they make this big announcement, and Sam Elliott comes out, and there's this big on-board party. But when the cheers subside and the flight just continues, there's this scene of Clooney sitting alone, upright in locked position, with his glass of champagne and sadness just drips from his face. What he chased, what he thought was so sure was going to represent the good life, flourishing, making it, turned out to be as empty as his now empty glass of champagne. Jesus tells his believers, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The other wagers, the other things you are betting your life and hopes on are empty. And not only empty, they are forms of slavery. You will enslave your life to a master who can't fulfill. Name it. Job promotion, portfolio goal, corner office, size four dress size. Whatever it is you're chasing. But Jesus says, if you continue in my logos. If, if you continue to want and chase and wager on life that is found as a follower of my way of loving others, it'll set you free. And any other life wager will lead you into a sad and empty champagne glass. Being a disciple is not primarily about learning more about Jesus. Discipleship is first an orientation, a wager, a craving. But this craving will lead to learning. Paul tells the church at Corinth that we're to be captive to Christ. The book of Romans tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
So serious discipleship does lead to Bible study and prayer and worship and outside readings and Wednesday night church and prayer and devotional classics and all of that, private devotions, but not for learning's sake. (laughs) The goal isn't to win on Bible trivia. It's a way to continue in the Word, to be transformed. Discipleship is about the hunger, the thirst, the craving, the wager that the Logos found in Jesus is where fulfillment and liberation are found. So you join a Sunday school class. You find a small group. You start blocking off Wednesday nights. You start reading your Bible every day. You start attending conferences and reading books because there is a craving to know more about the one who has set you free. The believing Jews believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He had met their expectations. They'd seen the miracles. They understood that the prophecies were fulfilled. But there's a difference between believing and following So Jesus tells those believers on that day in the frenzy at the temple, he tells them, you're not through. (laughs) You're just getting started on the journey to freedom. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and it'll set you free. Probably not too hard for y'all to have figured out that disciple and discipline comes from the same root word, right? Well, there's a big difference in saying, I think that physical exercise is good and healthy. And getting up early in the morning and tying your running shoes and leaving while it's still dark. Habits or what transform. Disciples are made of discipline. Continue in my word, Jesus says. There's work to do after baptism. It's our desires that orient us, but it's our habits that change us. And they asked Jesus, What do you mean by saying you will be set free? And Jesus answers them by saying that lesser pursuits that miss the mark will make you a slave. But there is one orientation, one thirst, craving, wager that does not enslave, and it is the way of love. It is the way of Jesus The Jesus way liberates. And it's the only path of devotion that can set you free. Jesus says to them, it's not enough to say Jesus is the Christ. It's not enough to say, yeah, I get it, I'm, I'm up with that. 
If you're my disciples, you're going to continue in the Word. Continue with habits, disciplines that move you further into the mystery of God's love revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. We have stated, uh, and, and last October we voted here at Second Pots, that we would have four core values that we would pursue as a church, and one of them is discipleship, which means that your church will prepare and resource your journey into that truth that liberates. We will have prepared Sunday school teachers here at 945 on Sunday morning ready to open up God's word to you and the great mystery of the Logos. I will not always be effective from this pulpit, but I will always be prepared. And on Wednesday nights, we're going to teach Open up the scriptures again. And this church is going to lead prayer experiences and retreats. And we're going to help you form reading lists and give you Bible study tools and aid in your home devotions with your children. What this church cannot do for you is answer Jesus' question in John chapter 1. What do you want? If you want to follow a craving that ends in an empty champagne glass or some other sadness, you are completely free to worship any God you choose. But if what you want is to serve all of your life the one who has set you free, if your goal and your craving is to know more of the great mystery of God's love and follow it more fully. Your church will be here to resource that and walk that road with you because we are all walking into that mystery together trying to understand what it means to really be set free. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.